Are you ready to stop wasting time and make a shift towards enhanced productivity? Welcome to Breakthrough to Yes with Collaboration, featuring your host, David B. Savage. In our program, we will show you how leaders and their organizations are using collaboration to innovate and move ahead of their competition. It's not just about customers or employees or the board. It's working together throughout your company and with your stakeholders. Now, here is David B. Savage. Wow, this is going to be a great uh, show. What we're finding is uh, so many conversations about facts, truth, alternate truth, lies, deception, manipulation, reptilian brains. This is, uh, we've got to get around this. We've got to save our future. Uh, We're going in the wrong direction. And it's not just President Trump, not just the Republican Party. It's all of us. It's how we seem to have been captured. Uh, So to the point in time that uh, our attention spans are now considered less than goldfish. That's pretty scary. Today's theme is collaboration and critical thinking in this age of lies. This age of lies. Not the first one, but uh, it's a dangerous time. Our guest today in the second section will be Doreen Liberto of California, my partner in the Collaborative Global Initiative, and Chuck Rose from Alberta, the uh, friend and colleague who wrote and performed Win, 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 or Walk Away, which will play the whole thing at the end of this first section, and We Are One, which we'll close the show with today. I'm very proud to have them both on our show. And this is a live show, so just as a reminder, anything that you want to say, go on Twitter, at David B. Savage, tell me what you're critically thinking, or send me an email, david at David B. Savage, and engage with us. So let's go. we got so much to cover. We've had so many people say, why don't you do a show on this age of lies? So that's what we're doing. Alternate facts, goldfish, can't discern the news, advertising, social media, fear, anger, standing rock, nuclear energy, you know, barriers to communication. We're going to try to cover so much of this today. We explore and delve deeper into all of these issues. And why is it more difficult to collaborate or even dialogue these days? Why does it seem increasingly difficult to get disparate groups of people to work together? Whether politically, economically, environmentally, or socially, the conversations are increasingly acrimonious, accusatory, and less truthful. Yeah, less truthful. What is truth? And how do we talk to one another in these polarized conversations? What are the techniques and skills needed most today? How can successful collaborations be designed So if you're tired of the normal conversation, the coffee cooler conversation, the Starbucks conversation, or that angry conversation as you're uh, cross-country skiing, whatever it is, let's change this conversation to create a better future together. What can help us today? Do we really have a shorter attention span than goldfish? And what is the difference between social media, advertising, campaigns, news, and journalism? Some of our leaders hate the media. Hmm. wonder why. 
Why might you care? What is critical thinking? And what resources are available to us? Join our talk. We're going to talk about so much of this, and there's so much to be said, uh, to talked about in these times of diversionary separation, racism, misogyny, ignorance. So I've talked about goldfish twice now. So let's talk about neuroscience. In Time Health magazine, uh, May 14th of 2015, an, an article by Kevin McSpadden says, you now have a shorter attention span than a goldfish. And I'm reading his art, Kevin's article. The average attention span for the notoriously ill-focused goldfish is nine seconds. But according to a new study from Microsoft, people now generally lose concentration after eight section, eight seconds, not section, seconds. This is unbelievable. Highlighting the effects of an increasingly digitalized lifestyle on the brain. Researchers in Canada surveyed 2,000 participants and studied the brain activity of 112 others using EEGs. Microsoft found that since the year 2000, or about when the mobile revolution began, cell phones, smartphones, iPhones, the average attention span dropped from 12 seconds to 8 seconds. Really? We cannot focus? How do we, how do we drive? How do we read a book? How do we have an intelligent conversation? How do we listen? The article continues, heavy multi-screeners find it difficult to filter out irrelevant stimuli, and they're more easily distracted by multiple streams of media. Wow. So I link this uh, eight seconds or less now. Yeah, it's two years later after the study, maybe we're down to seven seconds. We can't tell the difference. And here's a Stanford study that finds most students failed to distinguish between real news and fake news. I'm reading the article now. The rise of fake news is a topic that is getting a lot of attention lately, thanks to the role that Facebook and other social platforms play in news consumption for a growing number of users. But there are other problems as well, a recent Stanford study found. According to researchers, a majority of students, more than 80% of them in fact, could not distinguish between a piece of sponsored content or native advertising and a real news article. Really? They also had difficulty determining whether a news story shared on social media was credible and based on their decision on odd or even irrelevant factors. This is really scary. We can't tell the difference between advertising, self-interested promotion, social media outrage, and truth. Now, media has come to, under a lot of pressure, a lot of condemnation. We need more investigative journalists. Doesn't mean we all agree on the same thing, but let's focus more than eight seconds. Let's actually read articles. Let's actually read books. Let's actually listen and engage, have dialogue. When we can't tell the difference between lies, alternate facts, fake news, and social media and great German journalism, we not only have a shorter attention span than a goldfish, but we are easy prey for the ignorant. We evolved with a prefrontal cortex to handle the complex thinking and decision-making. 
So why do we choose to be run by emotions and believe? Unfiltered, unthought, simple, simpleton. We're not that way. But what are the costs? Well, a couple months ago, Mikhail Gorbachev, former head of the Soviet Union at Ronald Reagan's time, said, it looks like we are preparing for war. I think there is a link between our ignorance, our distraction, our judgments of others, our nationalism, our racism, our hatred, our exclusion, our judgments, and heading to war. These are great techniques that are used by corrupt and and destructive leaders uh, throughout history. And it hurts me to say that. Now, I'm known as a collaboration expert. To many, I'm an environmentalist. To many, a supporter of both renewable energy and nuclear energy. And I have spent much of my career in the Canadian oil industry. So there's a judgment. You know, my judgment may not be clear and balanced. I am uh, potentially in conflict. I was told by an angry California a year ago, Dave, you're a Canadian. Therefore, you are the reason our children will die. You are going to promote the tar sands. Well, actually, no. I facilitate intelligent, inclusive, and collaborative conversations. And probably for the last two years, my most common public talk, keynote, workshop is creating shared value. And that's the business strategy that says, number one, we protect the environment. Number two, we take our directions from community. And those of us entrepreneurs who do it in that order, environment first, community informs, and then we take our strategy and provide services and products that way, we'll succeed. We we have an advantage. Now, but that that is difficult, creating shared value. What's that? Well, we need to sit down and talk about it. One of my favorite online uh, newspapers, news media, is Eno. Uh, friends of mine in the scrutinies have Eno, eno.ca. About a week ago, I saw an article, oil companies need to pay on Eno. Big oil owes Cal- or British Columbians. Yeah, we're the Northern California. Um, more than 80 community groups from across British Columbia uh, have signed an open letter arguing that the fossil fuel industry must pay for climate change. The letter was delivered to 190 municipalities and regional districts in BC, and 50 have signed. Fighting climate change only works when everyone does their fair share. The fossil fuel industry expects communities to pay the cost to adapt and rebuild, yada, yada, yada. I consider my an myself an environmentalist, but I take exception to this. Is If we're always blaming the other, if we're always focusing on the other, it's just not going to work. Do you know the oil industry in Canada has paid in 2013 alone $18 billion in taxes and employed 550,000 Canadians? In the next 20 years, the oil industry will generate $1.5 trillion in taxes to federal, provincial, and local governments. So let's stop raising prices and raising taxes. I want to talk about 
you know, dis, well, there, there, we could go on for hours. I, I have so much to say with respect to Hollywood stars and environmental groups distracting those intelligent people from the real energy conversation. What's the conversation we want to have? What's the conversation we need to have? Where do we want to be 10 years from now? Is it renewables? Is it nuclear? Is it fossil fuels? Is it something completely different? My hope is it's actually conservation. In my book and in my teachings, my workshops, I talk about the collaborative learning game. So rather than being triggered and having a short attention span, not knowing the difference between intelligence and, and uh, social media, try this. Instead of arguing or, or agreeing with each other, allow yourself to engage in a simple game that can take five minutes or 50 minutes. Here's the rules of my learning game. With others, select a hot topic. Yeah, make it a hot topic. Seek agreement on how each of you will play the game. Have at least three debaters, each taking different positions. Debate fairly and passionately. Yeah, do this. Debate fairly and passionately. De identify what you don't know. Where are the gaps in your, what's the resources that you need? Who are the people you need to ask? And then identify who will find out those gaps in your knowledge. Establish a plan. Come back once you've all finished your fact-finding and celebrate your collaborative learning together. What is critical thinking? It is, well, go to criticalthinking.org. It's one of the great sites. It is really asking the question. Instead of being engaged or enraged, ask, you know, wh what are all the perspectives around this? A well I'm reading here, a well-cultivated critical thinker raises vital questions and problems, formulates them clearly and precisely, and gathers and assesses relevant information using abstract ideas to interpret it effectively, and comes to well-reasoned conclusions and solutions, testing them against relevant criteria and standards, thinks open-mindedly. You know, we need to do this. It sounds boring, but are we really goldfish? Are we really that simple? I don't think so. We are complex humans with great prefrontal cortexes with an ability to figure things out together. You know, here's the Socratic principle. What, 2,000 years ago, 2,500 years ago? The unexamined life is not worth living because they realize that many unexamined lives together result in an uncritical, unjust, and dangerous world. That's from the uh, Critical Thinking website. A great, a great uh, initiative for critical thinking to get us together and learn together, play my learning game, is also the News Literacy Project. News Literacy Project, look it up online. It's a nonpartisan national education not-for-profit that works with educators and journalists to teach middle school and high school students how to sort fact from fiction in the digital age. Yeah, isn't that brilliant? So how do you how do you get to that better conversation? Well, it's not by yelling or telling or debating. It's with curiosity. When faced with a heated debate, difficult conversation, tension, anger, or judgments, don't escalate. Be curious. Ask a lot of questions. Invite them to think critically and express why they believe what they believe. A curious and learning conversation opens up dialogue and opens up the possibility that we both may be wrong. 
That is where the new wisdom is available and the innovation. So now we'll listen to my theme song by Chuck Rose, Win, Win, Win or Walk Away. Got to win at any cost No golden rule, no line you haven't crossed Who cares if Mother Earth's in tatters You're the only one that matters Sorry buddy, you've already lost I have a dream that there's enough for everyone And it's not about who's lost and who has won It's so simple, it's so wise No defeat, no compromise It's the future, it's already begun So find a win, win, win or walk away Everybody wins or find a better way No exceptions, no excuses No one wins if someone loses It's a brand new game and that's the way we play A mistake that we've outgrown I know I'm better off with you than on my own When we change the way we start The intention in our heart Makes us more than we could ever be alone The whole is greater than the sum of all the parts It's a game that we've all won before it starts So let's choose the very best Together we'll break through the yes When we lead with love and follow with our hearts So it's a win, win, win or walk away Everybody wins or find a better way No exceptions, no excuses No one wins if someone loses It's a brand new game and that's the way we play It's got to be for everyone It's not for just a few The only way that I win is if you We're winning too It's more than economics It's not taught in any schools This game of life is ours And we're changing all the rules So find the win, win, win Or walk away Everybody wins Or find a better way No exceptions No excuses No one wins if someone loses It's a brand new game And that's the way we play Find the win, 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 or walk away. Find the win, 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 or walk away. Find the win, 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 or walk away. David B. Savage and his book, Breakthrough to Yes, Unlocking the Possible Within a Culture of Collaboration, delivers a proven process to make collaboration work for you and your company while creating the conditions that promote innovation and breakthroughs within and across your business and network. Seize this opportunity to join a movement of progressive, principled, and successful leaders. Engage with David B. Savage on Breakthrough to Yes today. Bring him to speak to your organization and engage his executive coaching and business consulting. 
See much more at davidbsavage.com. According to Kirkus Reviews, Savage's book Breakthrough to Yes, unlocking the possible within a culture of collaboration. While it addresses organizational collaboration, this book could be interpreted more broadly as a treatise on building a cooperative culture within families, groups, businesses, and government. David's Collaborative Leadership 360 Assessment is an evaluation resource that will get you moving forward. Contact us now for a free 30-minute conversation on how more collaborative leadership may benefit you by visiting davidbsavage.com. That's davidbsavage.com. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are listening to Breakthrough to Yes with Collaboration. To reach David B. Savage or his guest today, call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to David at davidbsavage.com. Now, back to Breakthrough to Yes with Collaboration. And you can also send me a tweet at David B. Savage on Twitter. We are live. We can focus on this. Uh, don't you love win, 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 or walk away? I've had uh, my friend Chuck Rose write and perform that beautiful song for me. We'll be talking to Chuck in the last segment. Right now, I've got my good friend of Doreen Liberto. She's in California. Now, Doreen's experience includes the collaboration of program management, land use, environmental, transportation, climate change, resource management, sustainability and communication strategies, stakeholder facilitation, and team and organizational capacity building. She specializes in complex situations, complex uh, stakeholder engagement. She does it in a collaborative fashion. She works on sustainable land use planning, resource management, environmental analysis, alternative uh, transportation system, greenhouse gas reduction, water management issues, permit processing. Doreen received her graduate degree from Pepperdine School of Law in dispute resolution. And she's a member of Mediators Beyond Borders, climate change team, working with the United Nations on an international climate change agreement and was in Paris December 2015 for the COP21 meetings. Um, Doreen and I uh, have been friends for about uh, two and a half years now. Uh, We are partners in the Collaborative Global Initiative. And Doreen Liberto, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Anything that you'd like to start off with before I start in my questions? No, well, thank you, Dave. I for having me on today. I want to say that this is certainly an interesting time in which we live, and there are many challenges and collaboration and encouraging people to collaborate is probably becoming one of the bigger challenges uh, that we have. Um, I look forward to doing more work with you, Dave. I know you'll be in California in April, and we're talking about doing some work together then, and uh, also doing some work on a book, and I'm looking forward to that. Yes, uh, I'm uh, well into the, my portion of the writing, and uh, so is Doreen with respect to this very topic. <clears throat> How do you yeah. turn ignorance, anger, separation, judgment into collaborative, successful learning conversations? 
So we haven't finalized a, tit- a title, but that's the theme. I think the other thing that I want to share with everyone is uh, Doreen and I will be starting a webinar. Uh, the next one is March 9th, 2.30 p.m. Pacific Time, 3.30 Mountain, and that would make it 5.30 Eastern. So <clears throat> if you want to hear more about it, uh, email earthdesignzoom, that's earthdesignzoom, all one word, at gmail.com, or email me. Uh, I will send you the information. Now, Doreen and I have talked in the last few weeks about the article in the December 19th edition of Time magazine. Joel Stein wrote a wonderful column regarding 2016 being the year of the lie. Oxford Dictionaries chose post-truth <clears throat> Pardon me. As the, yeah, I guess I can't lie before I start to uh, choke up. Oxford Dictionaries <laughs> chose post-truth as the 2016 year uh, word of the year. Doreen, uh, take it from here. Like there's just so much here, especially with your your background. You've you've done so much with respect to land use planning, collaborative conversations, transportation, uh, climate change. Uh, Medical marijuana. If yeah. We've also done uh, hosted some conversations about nuclear energy. So I want to open it up for Doreen to share her perspective with respect to collaboration, critical thinking, and this age of lies. Sure. Well, thank you, Dave. I'm going to start out and, and reiterate that it has become more diff- difficult to get groups and individuals to to uh, collaborate, much less compromise. It appears that over time, our values have shifted and our views have shifted to a point where we become sporting teams. And one side wins, the other side loses. And of course, what we advocate in collaboration is finding common ground and then finding a win-win for everybody. Unfortunately, it seems that we're getting further away from that. Uh, We look at fake news, that people are willing to believe fake news. Uh, We have people, and I love this this term, uncompromising differences. And that is based on my value, based on my principle, I am not going to talk to you. I'm not going to change. When I first started out working in this field many years ago, uh, we would agree to disagree and say, well, agree to disagree, but let's come up with some mutually agreeable evidence that we can present, and then maybe we can compromise. Um, And then what I found was that people on the other side would come in with their attorneys, and we ended up, it became a legal issue, and you found that you were no longer agreeing to disagree and then try and find a solution on your own. You now entered attorneys. And the attorneys would then threaten to sue if you don't do the following, and you would try to compromise, and sometimes you compromise too much, or you'd end up in court, and you wouldn't like the outcome of what the courts did, one side or the other. But people got a feeling that I won, uh, the other side felt they lost, and it seems like we've drifted further apart from that legal system to a point where it's now become personal. We are now dehumanizing the other side. And by dehumanizing, what I'm saying is a psychological process where the opponent's view uh, views the other side as being so different, being viewed as being non-human, and really not deserving 
any type of respect, not deserving any type of empathy. And I think, unfortunately, we're coming to that point where it's difficult to get groups to sit down and talk because they're dehumanizing each other. And all we have to do is just look at the political, the presidential campaign in America uh, that just passed and listen to some of the things that were said, advocation of violent, violence, dehumanizing other people, making fun of people. Uh, that's certainly not something that is going to encourage either side to want to compromise, much less collaborate together. You know, I was reading this article called The Reason for War, and there two things, and, and this is an article by Jackson and Morelli, and two things in the article that they mentioned that when you know that you're heading to war, and I bring this up, Dave, because you mentioned it earlier in the program uh, about for, the former Soviet Union president talking about heading to war. There are two particular reasons for it. Number one, one side has to expect a greater gain from going to war or conflict uh, and it's going to outweigh the costs involved. The second one is failure in bargaining, inability to reach mutually advantage, advantageous and enforceable agreements. And when I look at this, I feel like we're halfway there in the sense that we have a failure to communicate with each other. We're having a failure to compromise, much less collaborate. And not only that, but we have a tendency to believe lies. I call them accepted lies, that there's fake news. And part of that, I think, is on social media. We now have the opportunity to really focus in on opinions and websites and podcasts that agree with our point of view. And so it's almost like an echo chamber. We hear what we believe. And we don't want to hear anything else because we dehumanize the other side. They're not worthy of being listened to. And I will tell you that that really does concern me, and it does make it much more difficult. I do work with environmentalists, and, and as David mentioned earlier, he, he does work in oil and gas. And I've talked to some of the environmental groups about sitting down with people in oil and gas. And their response has been, no, they're evil. They'll just trick us again. An absolutely little desire to sit down. It's wanting to fight. Um, and David, I've had this conversation before about how do you do it. And at this point, Dave, I've come to the conclusion that we really need to change um, maybe the way we view what's going on. I don't think just talking about it is going to help. I don't think just acknowledging, yeah, there's fake news. Yes, there are accepted lies. I think we need to start looking at much more globally and possibly look at setting up dialogue, dialogue groups. Um, and yeah, dialogue me, basic, oh, yes. Let me just jump in there for a moment, Doreen. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, listeners, uh, uh, some of the uh, conversation that Doreen's referring to is <clears throat> about nine months ago, uh, Doreen and others invited me down to San Luis Obispo. And uh, some people said, wow, Dave's uh, Canadian, so he's going to bring his salesmanship for tar sands and he's going to be the reason yeah. we're going to die. And, and of course, the, the critical thinking part of that was, it's not interesting. I've never been involved in the tar sands. I'm a proud Canadian. 
And I believe in responsible energy sustainability. So when we had those conversations, we realized, huh, do you know that while the tar sands are blamed for the death of the world and our future, uh, there are six California oil fields that emit more CO2 emissions than what the Canadian tar sands do. While uh, President Obama blocked the Keystone XL for uh, environmental and emissions reasons, America proceeded to build more than 10 equivalent Keystone XLs within their own boundaries. So we need some critical thinking. I think to elaborate on the point, Doreen, you're, you're both heading to is in the last 24 hours, we've seen some really uh, dangerous things that, you know, we can blame the Tea Party and the Republicans for a lot of this hostility and, you know, negativeness. But now we're seeing in their town hall meetings, the hostility and negativeness has turned on them now that they're the government. They can't control what they've started. So with our collaborative global initiative, we said, let's start talking about who's to blame and start talking about where we want to go and how do we get there together. I, I think that's an important point. I think it's also important to point out a couple of other issues, and that is where are we heading? As I mentioned, since I became involved in this field many years ago, it has gotten progressively worse. And while there have been some bright spots of collaboration, I would say globally, um, we seem to be heading down this road where it's going to be zero-sum gains. That is, one side's going to win, the other side's going to lose. And I think at some point, we have to stand up and say, how do collaborators, mediators, facilitators, community activists, decision makers, step in and say, it's time for a dialogue. Time out. We need to bring the opposing sides together. And we need to start doing that now. And I want to cite something that Stanford University did several years ago, and this was in Ireland over the Protestant Catholic differences. They brought in groups, some Protestants and some Catholics, and brought them in to teach them how to collaborate, how to listen, how to reframe the discussion. And these are people that were adamantly opposed to one another. And after they were taught that, they sat one Catholic and one Protestant across from one another and asked them, you know, why, how do you feel about each other? And one would say, I hate that person because he's Protestant. And I hate that person because they're Catholic. Well, why? The Protestants killed my brother. The Catholics killed my sister. And then the facilitator, the mediator, sat there and said, wait a minute, let's talk about where the common ground is. You have this anger because you have something in common, don't you? And you both feel the hurt that happened by losing a loved one. So you both have that in common, that feeling. And it was trying to be empathetic, allowing them to be empathetic to the other person, even though they were on opposite sides. And what they did from there was basically bring these groups together, the Protestants and the Catholic, train them, sent them back to Ireland to work together in communities, in community groups. I would love to see something like that happen in dialogue groups, where groups of people on both sides are willing to come together, sit down, train on listening, train on other issues to, to form a dialogue, go back into communities and start talking. Because I think we have to do it from the bottom up um, because I don't think it's necessarily coming from our leaders, this type of dialogue. Yeah, I think that is so critical. And, and we, we started our collaborative global initiative. That was one of the uh, first things we thought about is, 
you know, there's an estimated four and a half billion people connected to the internet. When we want to dialogue and get diverse critical thinking, we, we could actually have a Skype meeting, a Zoom meeting, a virtual meeting, yeah. uh, anytime, any place. We just need to know who those people are and create the networks to have these critical dialogues and learning conversations. Right. And, and I think the other thing that we all need to do, and, and I'm part of this, we all need to stop dehumanizing other people and understanding that they have a point of view that we may not agree with, but try and find out, as you said earlier, listen to the other side. And I love the type of example that you provided or the exercise you provided, and that is sit down and get three people on both sides of a particular issue and then talk about it. And I would like to see that actually extending into dialoguing about it, which I think is what you're talking about. Is basically, give me your position, give me your position, um, and then try and get beyond dehumanizing the other person as being bad or evil, or, and try and understand what the other person is saying, and empathize with them, and understand where they're coming from, because I think we, at this point, have to take it to that level. Yeah, so, so critical, and, and I'm, I'm the oldest guy in the air, and uh, I know that... <laughs> I don't know very much, but if I've got the right dialogue, the right connections, the right people to challenge me and inform me, I'm better off. Doreen, before we close the segment, uh, maybe if you could talk a little bit about the webinar that we're going to start March 9th. I'm I'm excited about this webinar because I, and Dave, I know you are too, we've talked about it, have become very passionate about how do we collaborate in an era of lies, alternative facts, and fake news? How do we get people who will not sit down with the other side? How do we bring people together so we don't end up going down this path of a war? Um, How do we bring the two teams together to collaborate? And so what we're going to do as part of the webinar series is, first of all, we want to dialogue. That means I don't have all the answers, um, but I think we need to dialogue about what really the issues are, what's happening, and we really need to take a very serious look at what's going on in our societies and in ourselves, too, and then start talking about where do we want this to lead? Do we want it to get worse? If we want to improve it, how do we improve this? What do we do to bring people together to collaborate? And it doesn't mean that we're going to win. And I think it's not even looking at it as a win-lose anymore. Um, we're all this, we're in this all together. And I think that's how we need to look at it, that we need to start working together better and, and stop looking at the other side as the enemy. Well, thank you so much, Doreen Liberto. Uh, yeah. We are one. We're going to hear that song at the end of this show. Um, Contact uh, me at uh, David at David B. Savage. Contact uh, Doreen with respect to our webinar, earthdesignzoom at gmail.com. And her website is conservationconsulting.net, conservationconsulting.net. Thank you so much, Doreen. Thank you, Dave. Talk with you soon. Bye-bye, everyone.
David B. Savage and his book, Breakthrough to Yes, Unlocking the Possible Within a Culture of Collaboration, delivers a proven process to make collaboration work for you and your company. While creating the conditions that promote innovation and breakthroughs within and across your business and network, seize this opportunity to join a movement of progressive, principled, and successful leaders. Engage with David B. Savage on Breakthrough to Yes today. Bring him to speak to your organization and engage his executive coaching and business consulting. See much more at davidbsavage.com. According to Kirkus Reviews, Savage's book, Breakthrough to Yes, Unlocking the Possible Within a Culture of Collaboration. While it addresses organizational collaboration, this book could be interpreted more broadly as a treatise on building a cooperative culture within families, groups, businesses, and government. David's Collaborative Leadership 360 Assessment is an evaluation resource that will get you moving forward. Contact us now for a free 30-minute conversation on how more collaborative leadership may benefit you by visiting davidbsavage.com that's davidbsavage.com when it comes to business you'll find the experts here voice america business network You are listening to Breakthrough to Yes with Collaboration. To reach David B. Savage or his guest today, call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to David at davidbsavage.com. Now, back to Breakthrough to Yes with Collaboration. Well, if you're listening to that song, you're about to listen to Chuck Rose, who wrote and performed that song. Uh, he's allowed me to use it for our Voice America podcasts. Um, and at the end of this segment, the end of this live show, uh, we will hear We Are One by Chuck Rose. And it's really what Doreen was talking about before the break is uh, how dare we think we are separate. How dare we think that uh, we can segregate and be hostile to each other? One of uh, my friend Chuck Rose's favorite leadership comments and, and greetings uh, is, lead from love, not from hate. So, Chuck, I'm going to give you a little bit of an introduction and then uh, then uh, get, help our listeners reacquaint themselves with you because you, you were on my very first podcast in September 2015. So thank you again for that. Wow, yeah. Seems, seems so, like it was just yesterday. Well, it's actually, before I introduce you formally, it's pretty cool, Chuck, because uh, Camille Nash, our executive producer on this show, uh, informed me that uh, when we had a bit of a pause for a number of months in the show, our listenership went up. <laughs> no, I, I hope that now that we're back active and we're doing another uh, series through 2017 that I don't drive that listenership down, but I think this series and the advice and speakers like you are really going to attract people. Our, our biggest listenership uh, areas are Sweden, England, Texas, California, uh, China, so while it's while you and I spend a lot of our time in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, uh, it's not our friends that are uh, populating the big growing base of this uh, breakthrough DS. So Chuck is a professional speaker, an entertainer, and musician, and he is an expert on customer service and team building. Like me, he's he's got over forty years in his business. His business is hospitality entertainment. 
And on February 1st, 2017, Chuck retired as managing partner of one of Calgary's most successful pubs, the Hosen Hound Neighborhood Pub. It was a converted fire hall, heritage fire hall. Chuck does so much. He, he was successful because of his management and leadership skills. And he speaks on with business owners on uh, uh, improving staff relations, staff retention, customer satisfaction, and inspires managers to be leaders. Chuck believes in abundance. There is enough for everyone. Just like his words say, there is enough for everyone. If we can just choose love over fear, our breakthrough to yes with collaboration themes on win, 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 or walk away, and we are one, can be listened to at chuckrose.ca. That's chuckrose.ca. So, Chuck, before I start asking you some questions, uh, anything that you'd like to say to our listeners? Uh, yeah. I, you know, I'm listening to, to the little bit that I heard of the previous um, guest. The, this whole thing, that, that uh, connection, that we are already one, it comes back to me time and time again that we... The golden rule is not optional. What we do to other people, we're doing to ourselves. And the whole, the whole dichotomy between love and fear, the people in the world who are trying to uh, take advantage of other people, trying to get more than their share, trying to take you know, a, a disproportionate amount of the benefit of being here those people are just hurting themselves they're, they're hurting yeah. other people but they're hurting themselves as well and when we come to that realization so many of these problems that we're having in the world right now are just going to fall away they're going to melt away when people realize that you can't you can't win if you don't make sure that everybody else wins at the same time yeah and it's actually more than walking away. It is creating that new dialogue, that global dialogue. This is bigger than Trump, bigger than Trudeau, bigger than anyone, Angela Merkel. This is, this is us. Actually, if I might, there's a, an example of in the New York Times. When people want to destroy and blame and shame and be, uh, I don't know, racist, nationalist, fascist, uh, sooner or later, it will come back, and your karma will get you. I don't yeah. know if you saw, there was a New York Times article just yesterday, Chuck, on uh, February 22nd, New York Times. And some of us watch Bill Maher. He's a little bit too out there for me sometimes, but I find his guests so interesting. Yeah. Well, on the weekend, he interviewed Milo I don't even know how to spell it, uh, Iannopoulos. And Iannopoulos is an expressed anti-Muslim, anti-Jew, anti-transgender, anti-everything. Uh, he's talked about sex with boys. He's uh, um, just a nasty piece of work. And, and he's a senior editor for Breitbart. Uh, a nasty piece of business, a nasty, nasty man. Uh, I consider him uh, one of those people that I would like to blame, but rather in this show we've been talking about opening up dialogue and critical thinking and shining light on things. Well, when Bill Maher 
interviewed Milo's, uh, Milo, pardon me, he was condemned for how do you, why are you uh, interviewing an extreme right-wing guy like that? And guess what happened? Once that was aired, Milo lost his Simon & Schuster book deal. He lost his speaking spot, even at the current political action conference, conservative wow. political action conference. So even the right-wingers at the conservative political action conference says, whoa, he's not one of us. And he's uh, said to have resigned from Breitbart. So sunshine heals wounds, I'll say. Yeah. It's just... Yep. Uh, you put it out there, it'll come back and bite you. You know, if you if you serve the world, if you serve dialogue and learning and, and inclusion, um, well, that's the only way you and I and Doreen and billions of others can live. Chuck, um, we've talked on this show about uh, the age of lies and fake news. Is fake news anything new? Well, anybody who studies history sees that uh, propaganda goes back, uh, I mean, forever. In the 20th century, well, in the 19th century, Mark Twain quoted, uh, I think he was, he thought he was quoting the British Prime Minister, but he was, it was one of those sayings that was ubiquitous. Uh, There are lies, there are damned lies, and there are statistics. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and the, uh, uh, the the bottom line was that uh, the, everybody was lying. And then in the, in the 20th century, uh, the Nazis came along, and, and Hitler was the proponent of, of the big lie. The more outrageous the lie was, the more likely people were to believe it. Um, his his right-hand man, uh, Joseph Goebbels, said, if you repeat a lie often enough, it becomes the truth. And now... And I'm not, I'm not equating him to the, the Nazis, although there's certain similarities. Um, and it, we've got Trump saying, and I quote, I play to people's fantasies. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's one of those things where you tell people what they want to believe, you appeal to their fear, you appeal to their prejudice, and they'll accept what you say as true, and they'll act on it. Uh, it's uh, it's it's all the, the this the the separation between love and fear, but the bottom line on it is right now Trump is talking about fake news. He's talking about lying newspapers. He's talking about the the, the news media as being dishonest, and the, the the place where they're the most dishonest, according to him, is whenever they point out how dishonest he is. Uh, a free press is so essential. And that doesn't mean that a free press that agrees with you. That doesn't mean a free press that, that spouts the party line, that, that just repeats what the president says. It means a free press that's allowed to question. It also means a free press that has a point of view. And that doesn't mean that they're going to tell the truth all the time. They might selectively tell. So you really have to, um, you really have to look past one news source. You can't just trust one news source. You have to look past that. Yeah, the, uh, I'm thinking about Eli Palliser's uh, talk on TED, uh, TED Talks on filter bubbles. So it's not just uh, that uh, President Trump 
gets his briefing from Fox News as opposed to the American intelligence agencies. It's all of us. You know, we can't trust the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. It's wise for us to also read and listen to the New York Times, the CBC, news in China, news in Japan, news news from England, news from Cuba. You know, once we get embrace that diversity of wisdom and perspectives, then we can find our own truth. Uh, it's absolutely essential that we understand what what other people's beliefs are. And the only way to understand that is to listen to their news source. If you want to understand ISIS uh, or, or, or radical Islam or the Arab world, you've got to listen to Al Jazeera. Yeah. Uh, and, and sometimes you're going to hear the same news story from a totally different angle, and you're going to realize that, that um, uh, to, to the people in ISIS... They're heroes. Yep. They consider themselves to be heroes, and uh, they're the ones who are on the side of the good, of God. Of yeah, they, they equate themselves to uh, the early Americans fighting the British. They, they yep. are nation builders. Yep. Uh, the, before before we, we've only got about a half a minute left, Chuck, this has gone way too fast, but I just want to ask you one more key question. Is democracy broken, and what are your thoughts on how do we fix it? Oh, about half a minute to tell you talk about that. Uh, yeah, yes, democracy is broken, and and the biggest symptom of that right now is that all we can do is kick the bombs out. You know, nobody, there's it, no elections in the last little while have been elected so that we can elect somebody because we're for them. It's always been a case of we're rebelling against somebody we want out. And that's a yeah. sad situation. We we've need, seen it in America. We've seen it in Canada. We've seen it yep. in England. Yep. Uh, and, and here in Alberta, which is, I know a lot of your listeners are going to think that's very uh, uh, far away. And we've had the same situation where we kicked out uh, a group of corrupt politicians. And we, in order to kick them out, we got somebody who is just uh, scaring the daylights out of us in a lot of cases. Yeah. Uh, and then the same thing in, in Washington. They they said uh, we don't want the status quo. We'll do anything to get something different. And they've got Trump. Yeah, we got change. Yeah. So so Chuck, uh, we're going to have to get together for a beer next time I'm back in Calgary because this is an ongoing conversation. Thank you so much. Before we close with We Are One, I just want to close the show to say thank you everyone for listening, for thinking about critical thinking the News Literacy Project, creating global dialogue, getting beyond all of this. And practice my learning game. If you want a copy of the rules, email me. Thanks, Chuck. Thanks, Doreen. And now we go to what we believe is our salvation, is we are one. Do you know who you are, do you care? There's so much in our hearts we have to share And the light in our soul keeps on shining like the sun I am you, you are me, we are one We are all one spirit, we are all one heart We are all one together, we are even one apart 
We are one in our soul And together we are whole I am you, you are me We are one Who are you on your own? Do you know What's still there when you let everything go? If you find who you are When it's all been said and done I am you, you are me We are one We are all one spirit We are all one heart We are all one together We are even one apart We are one in our soul And together we are whole I am you, you are me We are one, we are one with the seas and the flowers and the trees. We are one with the future and the past. We are one everywhere and in everything we share. And the most important question we can ask is who am I at my core? Who are you? Are we more than just the things we say and do? The answer's been around forever and it's only just begun I am you, you are me, we are one We are all one spirit, we are all one heart We are all one together, we are even one apart We are one in our soul and together we are whole I am you, you are me, we are one I am you, you are me, we are one Thanks for tuning in this week to Breakthrough to Yes with Collaboration. Your host, David B. Savage, invites you to join us again for another engaging episode next Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a breakthrough week.